Welcome back to the Know the Word podcast. We've spent the last two episodes coming out of the Know the Word workshop, uh, talking about some allusions in Colossians that are better understood when we understand what is going on in the Old Testament. Well, today we'll talk about the mystery spoken of in Colossians and where in the Old Testament it became a mystery to one day be revealed. Know the Word is a McGregor podcast that offers a relevant and refreshing focus on understanding and applying God's Word to your life. We'll discuss life-changing truths of biblical faith that comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. I'm your host, Nathan Bottomley, and joining me today is Peter Finch. Join us as we open the Bible so we can know the Word. Well, thank you for joining us, Peter. It is a pleasure to have you. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you. And you are the Director of Facilities and Operations here at McGregor. Uh, and I've added also a gifted Bible teacher. I'm definitely the Director of Operations and Facilities. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I thank you for your comment. Oh, I, good. Well, we're glad you joined us today. Uh, so, Peter, at the Know the Word Workshop, you taught through Colossians 3.18 to 4, verse 1, which outlines some rules for households. Correct. Um, but we're shifting gears a little, and I want to talk to you about one of the motifs that was presented by one of the other speakers at the Know the Word Workshop, and that is the mystery. So I, I start with this. We see in Colossians, the mystery, that's a, a phrase we see or a couple words we see. What is the mystery, and why is it referred to? as a mystery. Okay, well, let me start off just, just reminding our, our listeners what a motif is. Yep. Um, when I was studying the Bible and I heard that word for the first time, I had no clue what it was. Um, but, but a motif or, or a literary motif is either an image or a symbol or a theme that is woven together and repeated across a, a piece of literature or maybe across several pieces of literature so as to form a pattern. Um, and so we see that throughout the Bible. Things that are taught in the Old Testament are either alluded to, sometimes directly referred to, but often alluded to in the New Testament. Um, and so in the book of Colossians, we see this motif or this illusion of, of the mystery. Um, and there are several passages that, that talk about this uh, in, in Colossians. Um, and for example, one of, this in, one of them is in, is in chapter 1. Uh, chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Uh, let me read verse, actually to verse 25. It says, At which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. Uh, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, he goes on to talk about another mystery in chapter 2. Uh, verse, starting in verse 2, he said, um, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of, of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of, of wisdom and knowledge. And then once again in chapter 4, verse 3, it says that at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Um, so several times, at least three times, Paul is talking about this mystery. Um, and, and especially here in Colossians, he talks about the mystery in Christ. Um, now, the, 
It's interesting, and as we talk about Paul's letters, um, he uses the word mystery, mysterion in Greek, 21 times in his letters. Um, and when he talks about the mystery, there are different things that he says the mystery of. Here we saw the mystery of Christ in you, the mystery of uh, just of Christ. But he talks about the mystery of godliness, the mystery of Israel's blindness. These are, these are in other books. Uh, the mystery of God's will, uh, the mystery of God and Christ, the mystery of the faith, the mystery of Christ in the church, the mystery just of Christ, the mystery of iniquity, and the mystery of the rapture. So there's, a, there's all sorts of different mysteries that Paul uses in his letters. But the vast majority of them are, are interrelated into what is the mystery of Christ in the church, the mystery of who Christ is, something that was, that was not revealed in the Old Testament, that was hidden in the Old Testament, but that is revealed in the New Testament. And one of the, I guess, definitions, if you will, of what a mystery is, uh, we see in Ephesians, and we'll get back to, we'll get back to uh, Colossians because it says it there as well. Uh, but in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5, uh, well, starting in, in verse 4, it says, when you read this, that you, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. And he sort of defines what a mystery is, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been re revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Uh, similarly to what we just read in, in Colossians, where it says that, uh, that before, People did not know, for example, in chapter 1, verse, verse 26, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to the saints. So as we look at the New Testament, when we see the word mystery, it's talking about something that was alluded to in the Old Testament. They had some knowledge of something, but it was hidden. The, the full meaning, the full fulfillment was hidden in the Old Testament, but is now made 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 revealed, is that right English? Is now revealed, is made known, that's what I was looking for, yep. is now made known and revealed to believers in Christ yep. in the New Testament. Sure. So this becomes a question because we jumped through, that's a few of Paul's letters where in he's talking about uh, the mystery and he does reference it as revealed in the New Testament. But can we jump back into the Old Testament then? Where in the Old Testament do we see some of these, uh, we're talking about something not yet revealed? Where, where in the Old Testament do we see that? So starting with the actual word mystery, yep. um, the word mystery um, obviously would be in Hebrew, it's, it's rak in Hebrew, only appears in the book of Daniel. Okay. Um, and many times it's, it's translated as secret. Um, but for example, in Daniel chapter two, and I'm not gonna read all of these, um, you guys can look at them um, in your own Bibles at home later. But in Daniel chapter two, if my Bible were turned to the book of Daniel, it's hiding from me. Daniel 2, and it talks about, starting in verse 19, it says, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision in the night. Um, and basically, Nebuchadnezzar, if you remember, had his dream, um, and he didn't know what the dream meant, and he didn't even tell his, his astrologers and all his magicians because he, would knew, he knew that if he would tell them the dream, they would just make up some interpretation. But he, he already knew they were false, but he still kept them on. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so it says here in this passage that God revealed to Daniel not only the dream, but the mystery that that dream uh, meant. Right. And he goes on to, to, to share it to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, later on in Daniel chapter 4, um, once again, another dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, Daniel revealed to him through the inspiration of God uh, the mystery of, of his dream of, of the, the tree that was cut down, talking about his humiliation for seven years. Right. Um, but the, although those are places where the word mystery appears, we do see this idea of, of 
seeing something partially fulfilled but not yet completely fulfilled right. in the Old Testament. Let me give you a couple examples. Yeah. Second uh, Samuel, uh, chapter seven. In Second Samuel, chapter seven, um, God is is reminding or, or telling David, giving David his unconditional pact or covenant with him. Yep. And in Second Samuel, chapter seven, verses eleven through thirteen, it says this: um, "And from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel." and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you, he's talking to David, that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. Who's he talking about there? Who's going to build a house for God's name? It wasn't David, it was his son, Solomon. Right. But then he keeps on going, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So, David received from the Lord, the prophet Nathan, the, the promise that from David's offspring, from, from himself, from his son, he will have a son that will build a house for the name of the Lord. Yep. And that was fulfilled. Yep. But then it says, in his throne, I will establish forever. So was David, were David descendants always on the throne in Israel? Well, no. And, and they're not now. But there will be a future fulfillment of that in the person of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, there, there's, an, there's another passage. In Isaiah chapter 61, where Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2, says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our Lord, to comfort all who mourn. If you remember in Luke chapter four, Jesus stood up in the synagogue and he grabbed the scroll from Isaiah and he started reading verse one and he read the first phrase in verse two and then he stopped because Christ in his first coming did fulfill that part. The, the Lord has appointed me to bring the good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And that's what Christ did in his first coming. Right. But he stopped, he didn't say, and the day of vengeance of our Lord, of our God. Right. He will fulfill that in his second coming. Right. So in the Old Testament, um, the prophets who received this inspiration from God, the Holy Spirit, yep. wrote what they were inspired to write without understanding that there were two different comings. Let me give you a quick example. And we often call this dual fulfillment or double fulfillment of, of prophecy. Uh, when I was uh, in Argentina, um, I was helping out at summer camps up in the northern province of Argentina, right where the, the, the base of the Andes Mountains where Argentina goes into Bolivia and there's not even a borderline because it's just Andes Mountains. <laughs> and I was helping out at a, at a summer camp, for a, a youth summer camp. And, and after, after the last day of camp, we had a, we had a day just, of, just to, I guess, hang out. Um, and a couple of us looked and we saw a big mountain, relatively big, right. um, in the distance. And so we said, well, let's, let's go, we'll pack a lunch, you know, and some water and let's, let's, let's go climb that mountain. It was, it was climbable, so you could do that in a day. Right. Um, so we started off, you know, so we climbed up and as we're going, you know, we, we, can, we can see the high, the high summit of the mountain, or the high peak. But when we got to a certain point, we realized it went down. <laughs> there was a decent sized valley and it went back, went back up. Right. So we had to climb down the first mountain yep. and then climb up the second one to get to the highest peak that we saw. Right. When we were at, the, at where, the, where the camp was, we only saw that one peak. Right. We'd saw, we saw up the mountain and we saw, hey, look, there's a peak. We didn't see the valley in between. Um, and that, in a, in a large sense, is what this mystery is. 
Okay. Um, the, the prophets in the Old Testament could not see the valley in between, for example, the first coming and the second coming. Right. They did not see the mystery of Christ and the church. Right. Um, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. So it's and it's kind of funny too because when Christ shows up the first during his first coming, they expect him to be all these things, and a lot of it is due to well, we can say poor interpretation or misinterpretation of what even these prophecies were actually talking about. Correct. And they missed it, and then Christ comes, and he's not everything they want him to be. But it's just fascinating that Paul here now, it, you know, as we see in Colossians, is making these declarative statements that the the mystery is revealed. It's almost as if he's saying you missed it. Well, yes, and correct, but I think even the same prophets that wrote it did not understand what they're writing yeah. to, to that extent. And that's why Paul says, it has it has been revealed to me. Yeah. He said, that this is my mission, that I was given this this mission to declare the mystery that was revealed to now his prophets and his his, his, his apostles. Yeah. Um, for in God's sovereignty, he decided not to give them all the information. Yeah. And it's hard for them to interpret passages like, like in Isaiah 53, how could it be that their Messiah would have to suffer. Um, it, it didn't make sense, but yet it, it's there. You know, the prophets said that and they believe they're inspired by God. Yeah. So now Paul, for example, in Colossians is saying, this is the mystery that, that before we did not understand, but now God has revealed to his children. So Paul, when he's writing this then has direct reason and like he's got his own application for writing this, right? And right. so, so well, my question is, and you, you've kind of just alluded to it, that the mystery has been revealed and now his uh, task is declaring it and sharing it with people so that they too can know and understand what's going on. Well, when we understand that then in Colossians and we see it in the neighboring letters from Paul and then understanding it through the Old Testament, when we put it all together and think about the mystery, what what bearing does that have on us? What application does that have? On, what is the point? You know, what, what do we sure. do with it? Well, if you remember Paul, as he's writing Colossians, uh, he's writing from jail. He's, right. he's, he's in prison. This is one of the prison epistles. Yep. Uh, so he's writing this to the church in Colossae, later, later to be read in, in the church of Laodicea. Um, and part of what he's trying to communicate is that he says, my, my brethren, you see, you know that I'm in prison. You know that I'm suffering. Um, and it's not for it's not for not you know it's, it's yeah. not it's not for no reason right um, there's a, and he says part of that reason is because God has revealed this mystery and part of it um, is is the first uh, one of the first mysteries that he says in in, in Colossians one twenty seven says this is the mystery that is Christ in you the hope of glory yeah as we as we think about what God is doing in his redemptive plan and where this mystery of Christ in us, in the church, the establishment of the church, the idea that Gentiles are now part of God's plan and not just Jews as, as it, it wasn't even just Jews in the Old Testament, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> For God, another day. God, yeah, God used Israel to shed the light of God's grace to the Gentile nations, but that's yeah. a different story. Right. Um, but this this mystery of of the, of the church of Christ dwelling in us through the Holy Spirit. He said, "This is the reason I suffer. This is the reason because the riches of this mystery are so incredibly great. They're 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 unsurpassable. And no matter what happens in this life, because we know that that what God has revealed about today about the church today, He's also revealed about what is to come right. for those who have trust in in Christ as their Savior. And that is what motivates me," says Paul to endure these sufferings. It doesn't matter that I'm in jail. I, I rejoice, Paul tells us in Philippians, also in jail. He yeah. says, I, I rejoice, even knowing that I'm in prison and I'm confined and I don't have the liberties. And um, But because of what I know Christ has done in me, 
because of what I know God is doing today in the church of Jesus Christ and because of what I know he's going to do in the future, mm -hmm. I can rejoice even in my suffering. And I think that's one of the main applications that Paul wants to share with the churches um, in Colossae and Laodicea about why it's important to understand this mystery. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we have a reason to rejoice. Uh, we have a reason to, well, we have a hope Yeah. Uh, despite all the things that's going on. It's funny, you mentioned Philippians. The verse that stands out to me is uh, Philippians 129. It's that promise, Philippians 129, right? For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, mm. you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. It's almost, I don't say almost, it's basically a promise to the believer that, mm. hey, hardship comes, trials are going to come your way, things are not going to be uh, easy and breezy, yeah. uh, but we have a hope, we have a reason to rejoice. And, uh, and you know, part of that yeah. is our understanding this mystery gives us a hope and a reason to rejoice. Yeah. And without a doubt, the church, the, the, the believers in, in Colossae were, um, they struggled with, with knowing what the truth was. Right. Um, good thing we don't have that problem today. <laughs> oh, wait. Yes, we do. Um, and, and Paul saying that, yes, it, it is true that um, there are many different truths right. that are floating out there, but God has revealed to his church, yeah. to us, what the truth is. Yeah. Yes, it was a mystery. Um, but I, I like the, the passage in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 through 12, where Paul says this. Um, he says, but it, as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man has imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things, mysteries beforehand, now revealed. These things yep. God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except for the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Yeah. Um, and that's what Paul is teaching us in Colossians. <clears throat> yeah. Great. Certainly great reason to rejoice and great, you know, reminder to those of us that believe that we can press on earnestly. Uh, for the Lord. And that's a great, you know, point of application, something we can ask ourselves and just contemplate. And I would even, you know, urge listeners to contemplate this. Do we rejoice when suffering comes our way? Are we, you know, are we still emboldened by the hope that we have? Are we still uh, pressing on for Christ and his sake? And because we have uh, this mystery revealed to us uh, in Christ Jesus. So something unique to think about. Yeah. As uh as I've been blessed to travel somewhat, mostly in Central and South America. Um, I had the opportunity several years ago to lead a series of mission trips to Cuba. And as you know, Cuba is not exactly a free country. Right. Um, it is still communist. And you, it is very clear once you're there that it is, you're being watched the entire time. Um, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Right. Um, and yet as we, and yet it's not illegal to be a Christian. You, right. you can't proselytize. You can't share your faith supposedly, um, legally. Right. Um, but they're allowed to meet in churches. Um, but even meeting in churches, if, if you proclaim that you are a follower of Christ and live that way, there is persecution. Wow. Um, many pastors have, set, have spent time in work camps because of their faith. Yeah. You know, they have gotten death, death threats. They have been beaten on occasion. Yeah. And yet you see how alive the church is when there's suffering. I think, um, and, and, and not to place our culture in a unique bubble, even though we often live there. Right. Um, we are not familiarized with suffering for the most part. I, I get there are, there are exceptions for every, to every rule. Right. But if you look through scripture, and if you look even today, where there is suffering for the sake of Christ, yeah. there is great joy 
and there's incredible growth in the Lord. Yeah. And I think sometimes our lack of joy and our lack of growth um, may possibly be related to the fact that we don't know what suffering for Christ looks like. Yeah. Um, I don't want to pray that upon us necessarily, <laughs> but I do pray that as we are ostracized for our faith at the, in the workplace, at school, and we are made fun of, or maybe even don't receive that promotion or whatever the case may be because of who we are, because of our moral standards based on God's word. Yeah. I pray that I pray that event would be a cause for joy in our lives, knowing that we have been counted worthy of suffering for the sake of Christ. Yep. That's a, that's a great place to end. <laughs> yeah. Well, Peter, I do appreciate you coming on. Let me uh, ask you this series of questions about the mystery. Well, the pleasure has been all mine. All right. To our friends that are listening, we trust you will let the word of Christ dwell in you richly this week. No matter how you're getting this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment or review. It really helps us out. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to knowthewordpodcast.com for all the details. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.